1: In 2008, Jennifer began her script supervising career after she caught the bug for film and TV production in New Orleans. She left a successful career in civil engineering and has script supervised hundreds of episodes of television and dozens of feature films leading her into producing. Today, she's mentoring people to earn a six-figure salary to hobnob with Hollywood's elite by becoming script supervisors. Should you learn the trade too and travel the world? We will talk more about that during our episode here. And I am so excited, Jennifer, to welcome you to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Angel. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you.
1: Well, I am so curious about what you do. But before we get into what you do and how you help people to start a new career, I am interested in finding out a little bit about your background. And, you know, were you interested in film and things like that when you were younger? Or is it something that you just stumbled into? Tell us the kind of origin story of how you got to becoming a script supervising CEO.
2: Gosh, it was so incredibly unexpected and unplanned, Angel. Okay, so I grew up, you know, believing that I had to go get a four-year degree, you know, possibly, you know, an additional degrees after that and um, follow a very, you know, traditional path to a career. So I dutifully, you know, double majored my first degree. Then I decided that I wanted to get out of working in the nonprofit sector. That was my first career, okay, running a nonprofit in New Orleans, which was actually, it was badly Harmed during the 2005 Hurricane Katrina Mm -hmm. nightmare. So I decided to go pick up another degree while finishing up my tenure at the nonprofit and then went into civil engineering. So I got my dream job at the New Orleans Corps of Engineers. Okay. I was super, super happy to be there, you know, cushy, comfy hours, you know, nice air conditioned office with a bunch of really cool, smart people. I was 15 minutes from my house. Made so much sense to just stick with my nice, comfy career that I had gone back to school for to get the degree. One day, I was asked by an actor friend, and he's simply a friend because I'm a theater fan. And so I knew him through theater circles in New Orleans. He uh, was working on a TV series that needed a stand-in for the day. Just one day, it was an emergency. They needed to be, you know, my height and complexion basically. And so he just asked me, can you step away and come help us out We're, we're, you know, in a bind. So I was able to take the day off and go step in as a stand-in. I didn't know what it was. I had never set foot on a professional television set. It had never even occurred to me to go behind the scenes on a film or television set but it did not take long for me to realize that there was magic on that set i mean i tell you like it was it was like a lightning bolt or something so they ended up asking me to come back for more days and ultimately they asked me to be someone who worked with them for the entire season 1 of the show i had the ability to freeze my Job status with the Corps of Engineers for up to six months without penalty. Okay. So I took advantage of that. And around, you know, month five, I get a text from my boss asking me, like, you're not coming back, are you? Like, we're pretty (laughs) sure we've lost you at this point. And so I was like, yeah, I had better go ahead and resign, you know, formally. And I did. And I kept my job on the TV series, except that the writer's strike of 2007 got in the way of that. So we ended up shutting down due to a writer strike in 07. So no sooner had I walked away from my comfy engineering career that I was out, you know, without a job anywhere because the industry was shut down. So I went out to Bourbon Street and started bartending without a bartending, you know, at any experience, just walked up and got a job and had a lot of fun doing that while I waited out the writer's strike. Okay. The writer's strike ended in 2008. We came back to work, Production was exploding. It was a similar similar to what we saw, you know, post pandemic, you know, when we started mm. making uh, sets COVID compliant, there was just this huge, huge amount of backlog production that we had to catch up on. So everybody was working like crazy. I worked nonstop. For years, basically, after the writer's strike. And Louisiana um, did not have many script supervisors. I, I actually found out about the job from a camera assistant because I got myself into the camera union and was just working as a camera assistant on feature films. And he said, you know, you might want to check out this role. It's, you know, you got a lot of qualities, I think, that would make you really strong. And there really aren't that many people who know how to do it well. So I walked over to the script supervisor. There was a man named Sam. He became my mentor. I learned that it was the perfect job for me. So that's my very, my very unplanned, you know, trajectory to, you know, stumbling upon this position that many people in the industry don't fully understand. Like the director understands the importance of the script supervisor, the producer, the actors, the screenwriter, the editor. But a lot of people do not understand all that we're doing. And we mm. just you know, we're just kind of in conference with the director all day, you know, right behind the camera. So there's a lot of mystery to it and, it's a, and a lot of power to it.
1: Beautiful. Well, you know, you have the kind of story of the divine intervention, right? You had the divine intervention that put you into the career that you're in now. And, you know, what I feel from you, Jennifer, is A lot of enthusiasm. It feels like you are in a place where you really love what you're doing. And so I just want our listeners to hear that. I really want our listeners to hear that because, you know, this show is intended to, in some cases, provide an opportunity for people to have an epiphany, to wake up, to realize that they maybe aren't really aligned with what they're doing, or to realize that they can. Change jobs, or go start a new career, or start their own business. So, I love that you're bringing the enthusiasm and the energy of having made that kind of a change. So our listeners can hear that it's possible for them too. It's so the best decision I ever made. The, I have to say the best, the best decision you ever made. Yes, for so many reasons
2: beyond just the professional life. It just my whole life got better. So uh, we can. Yeah, beautiful.
1: Beautiful. Well, we love our whole life got better. (laughs) So ladies, let me be clear. You do not have to be suffering. Let's be clear about that. Your whole life can be better. And I also love Jennifer that it was a, it was a kind of a divine intervention that got you on that path. So I also want our listeners to hear that, you know, sometimes you get these experiences that happen and all of a sudden you're on a whole new path. And you, we need to say yes to those what I like to call quinkles. I call them the quinkles. They're the the sparkling coincidence.
2: Oh my, so, my gosh! So That's
1: you're a, you're a quinkle girl.
2: I am. <laughs> I, I absolutely am. I mean, it could not have been more of an accident, or rather, a divine intervention, as you um, describe it. It's yeah,
1: better. beautiful. So let's talk then about how you went from being a script supervisor like working, working since 2008 after the writer's strike to now having your own business, because that's another, you know, move. It's another change of how you're showing up in the world. So let's talk about the decision to start your own business.
2: I love this question. Okay, so it was truly because there was a need that was not being met. Okay, so I became a producer by way of being a script supervisor. Many of the people I train get early, early producer lateral moves, I would say, you know, might be considered a promotion, but we, they get those opportunities very early on because we do so much producer type work. So I was a producer and also a script supervisor and long story short, I'm working at a very, very busy studio where we're just putting up shows all the time. We're constantly in pre-production, constantly shooting something, constantly wrapping and, you know, creating more, there's just tons of production. Could not keep script supervisor, could not find script supervisors to even staff the shows. Okay. In the busiest, I mean, in Hollywood South, okay. Atlanta, Georgia is one of the busiest production cities in the country. And I would, when my unit production manager would come up and tell me I needed to start finding script supervisors for whatever amount of time, it would just break my heart because I know I'm just going to get on the phone. I'm going to be emailing, i going to be hammering, texting, spending my whole day trying to get people and we can't get people. So I said, I need to start training people. <laughs> I just, I need to create, if I, and so it was like a question that I asked myself, if I had to train a friend and I had the, the man who invited me into television, his name's Hunter in New Orleans. I thought of him, if I had to train Hunter to become a script supervisor with like two days notice, what would I have to focus on getting him to be able to understand and do to deliver the results and have earned his paycheck and you know and no one would no one would know that he was brand new okay so i thought i need a fast track extremely intensely inf- efficient to train people just in getting results and cut all the fat And so I went out and created it. I mean, I just started testing it on people in New Orleans at the time and then also people in Atlanta. So at first I did some one-to-one live, like literal, like sitting down with them. And then I started doing it one-to-one Online, you know, through Zoom, and then during the pandemic, I'm I'm a person who cannot sit still. I have Mm -hmm. to have a project or something to do. And of course, when I was quarantining, I thought, "Let me go ahead and develop this program more." So I'll start doing one to small groups or one to many, and so I just basically created another iteration of it and started, you know, spreading the word, and it just picked up from there. So it's it's been wonderful. I've trained. Over two hundred people now, you know. Wow, it's that's great. Really, yeah, it's a really intense program and very, very results focused. So we, they can get it done really quickly and start having these incredible career trans- transformations in weeks. You know, so it's really great. It's very rewarding.
1: Beautiful. Well, I want to dive into what is a script supervisor. So why don't we why don't we do that first? What exactly is a script supervisor, and what would be somebody? like somebody who had the right temperament for that.
2: Got you. Okay. So some people say that a a synonym for script supervisor is continuity supervisor. I have my own definition of script supervisor. I think that the existing definitions don't go far enough. So it's a long one, it's a mouthful, but it's to me, it's a mini director, mini producer, screenwriter representative, actor wingman, editor advocate, all rolled into one single person, okay, (laughs) who is next to the director. And I mean, I'm a foot and a half away from my director all day long psychically drawing out what i need to know to be able to give them the shoot that they need so we of course shoot films and television episodes totally out of order okay so it's normally we we shoot like scenes together so scenes that are in you know like locations together it's just it saves time and money of course we cannot shoot sequentially the script supervisor has to support everyone in making sure that everything fits in its place perfectly that we're shooting everything correctly within the context I have to be a step ahead of the director all day long, okay? The director has so much pressure on them. They are directing a scene. They have to know, is everything going to cut? And do I have enough coverage? So when a director turns to me and says, you know, we've been lit in this direction for six hours. Can I tear all these lights, all these gear down and turn around and point the other way? Do we have everything we need over there? I have to look at the scene and say yes or no. And I cannot be wrong about that. Okay, we cannot... Tear down equipment and set it all back up for two hours. And, you know, me turn around and say, you know what? I goofed. We actually owe the close up on the child who was already wrapped. We need the insert on the clock and we need the POB of the yada yada. You know, so it's just, it doesn't work. So I have to be ahead of the director. From the time we step into the first rehearsal of the day, I'm nudging the director. If, if they're off base, if they're missing lines, action beats, story points, or just getting the context of you know, previous circumstances and where we're going, I need to have warm, trusting relationships with the actors so that I can pull matching performances out of them. You know, what we uh, establish yeah. the actor needs to match in the coverage. Actors, you know, they're in a, a sacred, you know, creative space. I need to be able to effectively get them to give us the performances that I know will make the cut their performances you know it's it's no good if they give the most beautiful speech on the planet but it doesn't match because you know the there are certain pieces of the performance that aren't right you know whether it's act like action like blocking or some other detail in the scene so i'm protecting the footage i'm protecting the storytelling because when we see continuity errors in film and you know tv shows it takes the viewers out oh you know? yeah
1: right away right away <laughs>
2: I'm protecting the storytelling by protecting the cut.
1: All right. Um, I'm going to have a cut. I'm going to have a cut. I'm going to protect the storytelling and have a cut right now. And we'll pick this up on the other side. But right now we do need a break. So Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show, please consider joining our community making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content. Please help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in. we might as well shout out to our listeners in Hollywood, our listeners in Atlanta, which is Hollywood South, and Astra, you know, and
2: the writers Guild, you know, yeah, that.
1: let's shout out to all those <laughs> listeners. And also, <laughs> let's shout out to our listeners in I'm just going to randomly pick Armenia, and we will be right back with Jennifer Carriere.
0: The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor.
1: And we are back with Jennifer Carrier, and we were hearing all about what a script supervisor does, including making sure that the storyline stays clear. And so before we went to the break, I want to let you know that if All of what she was describing, a script supervisor does is something that sparks you, that turns you on, that excites you, that the idea of being with the celebrities and being kind of like the chief organizing officer, it sounds like to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Everything.
1: (laughs) Right. Jennifer has a free resource for you. And it's how to start or grow your film career. We are gonna have the URL for that in the show notes. So please go to the show notes to get the URL for that because it's a little bit of a long URL, but you will go there and find a free resource to start or grow your film career. So before we went to the break, Jennifer, we were in, what's a script supervisor? So whatever is left in that, please give that to us. And then we'll go to the next question.
2: So we've covered basically how the script supervisor has to kind of stay a step ahead of the director, mm-hmm. psychically, you know, drawing out their wants and needs. We covered how we're supporting the actors. I have to represent the screenwriter on set. Oftentimes we don't have the benefit of the screenwriter being on set unless it's maybe a TV pilot or something like that where it's really high stakes and they, they want to be on set. But anything that the director or actors miss, I have to make sure I'm representing the way it was intended by the screenwriter. So again, that goes back to the protecting the story. And I have to basically give the editor the roadmap for how to cut the whole film. Okay. So I, again, I'm constantly psychically connecting with my director, mm-hmm. but I mean that like I'm saying that with a wink, but it, there's a whole lot of that to it, you know, like really interpreting for the editor, how they want the director the director's cut to be. So the greatest compliment that I can get from an editor is... I showed the director a rough cut and they said, Don't change a thing, just tighten it up. Okay. That means with all of the things that we've shot, with all the madness and the chaos on set, I have transmitted the perfect roadmap and we have arrived at what the director wanted to see in the edit when it could go so many different ways. So love getting, you know, love getting to represent the editors as well.
1: Beautiful. All right. Well, so what kind of people make great script supervisors?
2: I would say people who like to stay busy. People who notice things in film and TV, a whole lot of the people that I train just say, I've always, always been the one to spot the flaws. You know, like I can't not see them. Okay. So that, that type of person who's looking for problems that, you know, they can then go fix in the, in the actual role, performing it on set for sure. If you're a person who wants to be a director, if you're a person who wants to be a screenwriter or person who wants to be an actor in the business, you know, maybe you are, maybe you identify as a director, screenwriter, or actor, but you're not making your living at it. You should be a script supervisor because it is the most overlooked but powerful and in-demand position in the industry. We cannot find them. We cannot get qualified people. There are not enough to meet the production need, especially when we're coming out of two strikes and we have all the backlog production. There's not, there. we, no, we don't have enough people to fill all the positions that will need to be filled. So it's a great shortcut or fast track, you might say, to the inner circle you're getting directing screenwriting and producing knowledge straight from the pros and you're getting the most valuable thing, relationships. The industry, mm-hmm. the film industry is all about relationships. It's a referral based industry. So you would be making the biggest leap forward in your film career if you decided to become a script supervisor. And I have a method that'll train you
1: in two days. Beautiful. That's beautiful. A two day method that will train you to become somebody who is able to get a job immediately is <laughs> really? really powerful <laughs> as well. And it sounds like it's a six figure, six figure salary type job as well. So even
2: part of the year can be six figures. And my people are walking away from their first paid gigs with offers to come back and produce or getting promoted to producer while on the show or being asked to pitch their own work for the production company to produce. It's no joke. I have case study after case study of this. It's amazing.
1: Wow, that is amazing. All right. So I want to take a little bit of time here in the end to talk about what it's like for you. Are you still script supervising or are you basically now just running your own business, training up script supervisors?
2: So because of the strikes, I've been focusing just on training, but I'm extremely excited to get back on set. I have to say, I need both, you know, like I want to, I want to give and give, and I will, I will always give this back because it was the best thing that ever happened to me and I'm seeing the results and it gives me so much joy. But I need to be on set. I need that energy. I need that ma- madness. I need the, you know, you you walk onto a film set with a bunch of strangers and you walk away family, you know, mm. like it's truly just a beautiful thing. We birth a movie together, you know, so it's just, it's, it could not be more exciting. It really couldn't.
1: Beautiful. Deep in the belly of the creation zone. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing.
2: Right behind the camera, two feet from the camera and a foot and a half away from the director, you know, sharing a brain with them. It's, it's pretty darn awesome.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'd love to have you talk just a little bit about what it's been like to have your own business. Like, what were some of the surprises for you? Because you didn't come from a business career. You came from civil engineering, working in a nonprofit, working as a script supervisor. So when you made that transition to starting your own business, was there is there anything there that you want to share with our listeners that you might consider doing differently or, you know, that you felt like you did really well as a result of saying yes to that inspiration.
2: I love this. So I had zero education in it. Mm-hmm. I truly just started organically, like with just people I know. I would say to people considering starting a business, it can be much simpler than you realize. It really can. I mean, I, first of all, I'm a person who was, you know, social media averse. I used to be, you know, like, in other words, I was in long-time skeptic, you know, of like social media. I was, I was basically the last person that you would expect to just go start a business in a really tiny micro niche, but it really can be done simply and elegantly. And the first few sales that come in from just simple, simple marketing, you know, just talking to people that you already know, and then talking to some people that they know, like your, your most basic low tech, you know, marketing can bring in clients that then give you the motivation and give you the excitement. It like sort Mm -hmm. of lights a fire within you like, oh gosh, like this is amazing. I got these people amazing results and now their lives are better for it. And I had a great time and I created a product kind of on accident and I can repeat this process. There's a repeatable system that I can employ. You know, it's like, it doesn't have to be you don't have to study for years. You don't have to invest in a bunch of tech. You don't have to learn a bunch of tools. You can start really, really small and organically. Mm-hmm. And the motivation, you know, the, the, the spark that you get from just making those early transformations for your first couple of clients will carry you naturally to do and learn and grow.
1: Agreed, a thousand percent. I would also echo... What I heard there, which is really important that I want our listeners to hear, it was the first few sales that lit the fire. And I think a lot of people have the mistaken notion of, you know, endlessly creating content for free or, you know, giving away the store and not selling. And when you sell, when there's an actual exchange of money, for what you have created, then you have a business. Otherwise, you just have a hobby. And so I love that you, like, that's a fundamental. You don't have to do a zillion things on social media if you aren't selling. You've got to start with selling. And then from there, whatever else is going to support the business is going to show itself to you. So I love that. All right, Jennifer. Well, in the last couple of minutes that we have, either, you know, maybe call forth your next students or share anything else that you'd like to about either script supervising or your own entrepreneurial journey?
2: Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Well, on on the entrepreneurial journey front, I will say that taking imperfect action is the way to start. So don't wait for perfection. That's just procrastination by another name. Okay. So just just do it, you know, just do it messily, just do it imperfectly, do it, you know, in a way that you're, that you're embarrassed by in, you know, next year's version of the, uh, you know, program or something, but just do something because that will get you started and you will want to keep going and chasing it. When it comes to being a script supervisor, I I truly can't recommend it enough to anyone who wants to play in film and TV or work full-time in film and TV. It is so unbelievably fun, but yet even, you know, film students at the best film schools in the country, they're not exposed to how important this role is. It's its truly not taught. People don't go to film school for it, or it's touched on, but not truly taught. So honestly, film school graduates are oftentimes, you know, for their thesis films, they're some of the people who are the most skeptical of script supervisors. But then of course, in your professional world, the directors, producers, they cannot work without them. You know, it's the first, one of the first people that they want to make sure they have because um, they know it's going to save them time and money, you know, both while shooting and in post-production. So it's very, very in demand and it's very, very powerful and it will take you places. So I'm so glad that I found it. Yeah.
1: Well, and also let's be glad they're not teaching it in film schools because you get to teach it, right, Jenna?
2: isn't that funny? It's a happy outcome, you How know. How cool so, is yeah,
1: that? Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, we do love feedback and I want to just encourage you to notice what Jennifer did. She saw opportunity and she stepped right in and imperfectly started and now is flourishing in her business. So, you know, when you get that cosmic nudge (laughs) another she got another cosmic nudge to start her own business when you get the cosmic nudge say yes yes. we yeah say yes listeners we do love feedback please let us know what you thought of today's episode go right now to wickedlysmartwomen.com to join our community share your takeaways ask questions or submit guest suggestions thank you so much for tuning in keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman
0: to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.